Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. The number 49 is significant in Jewish tradition. In many ways, it's a number of completeness, 7 times 7. And this is the 49th episode of my podcast. It doesn't mean the podcast is complete. I intend to keep going, but it's a good time to take a step back and to thank so many of you who have told me how much you've enjoyed and learned from this podcast. If you'd like to contact me about anything you've heard, you can do so by sending me a private Facebook message, or you can go to my website, robdoberson.com, and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. In this episode, I want to share my thoughts on my relationship with Israel and my thoughts on the Israel-Palestinian conflict. I've referred to Israel in several episodes, but I want to do so in more detail here and in a particular context. First, however, I want to address the issue which is very much on the minds of American Jews today, the rise in anti-Semitic rhetoric and violence here in the United States over the recent past. Not only is it very much in our minds, but it also is connected with the issue of our relationship with the state of Israel. I've spoken in this podcast about bigotry against people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, the bigotry and acts of violence against these individuals and communities reflect wide-ranging and long-standing systemic exclusion and discrimination. We can talk about how there has been improvement, but that exclusion and discrimination still exists in many ways, and we need as Americans to acknowledge that fact and work to eradicate it completely. I believe there's a critical difference between anti-Semitism in this country and other forms of bigotry. I do not believe that there is systemic or structural anti-Semitism in this nation in 2021. By that I mean that while the incidents of anti-Semitic bigotry and violence are of great concern, American Jews are not confronted with institutional anti-Semitism every day, and most Jews live lives of relative privilege and security, which cannot be said for others whose lives are affected at every moment by deeply rooted discrimination. That was certainly true for Jews in America in previous generations, but it's not true today. And in my sermons and writings, I've often warned people about basing our Jewishness in America on feelings of victimization. We have too much to be grateful for in this nation to focus principally on the threat of anti-Semitism. But the fact that I believe Jews should feel secure in the United States and that anti-Semitism is not woven into the fabric of society in many ways does not mean that it can be taken lightly either. It cannot. When Jews are the victims of persecution or violence, people of goodwill must respond and must loudly condemn the violence and the rhetoric that inspires it. It's comforting to hear many in this nation respond with support to the Jewish community, but there is still too much silence from those who have stood for other endangered communities and who, for whatever reason, do not publicly stand in the same way in support of Jews who are victims of anti-Semitism. I want to consider two sources for anti-Semitism in America today. The first are the anti-Semitic claims and accusations which have been used for centuries against Jews. We hear these from neo-Nazi and white supremacist groups who have become louder and more visible in the past few years. The horrendous and libelous accusations against Jews are a stain on this nation and are a threat to our community. But in recent years, and in particularly recently, 
We have seen an increase of incidents of anti-Semitic violence connected with anti-Israel and anti-Zionist political positions, and this is of great concern. It's not a completely new phenomenon, but it is rising in frequency and intensity, and we need to confront it. And that is the context in which I would like to talk about my views concerning our relationship with Israel and my hopes for both Israel and the Palestinian people. Let me be absolutely clear that no political opinion justifies terrorizing or intimidating other individuals. I have no sympathy for those who attack others, and I do not want my words to be seen in any way as rationalizing these attacks. They are wrong and cannot be justified. There is a way to make a political opinion heard, and this is not the way. But that's not to imply that these pro-Palestinian positions or anti-Israel positions, when expressed peacefully and rationally, do not merit our attention. They do. Let me begin by saying that I absolutely believe in the legitimacy of the state of Israel to exist as a Jewish state. Although those words, Jewish state, can be understood in many different ways, and if you'd like to hear my thoughts on what I think they should mean, contact me and I'll send you a copy of a sermon I gave on the subject some 10 years ago. And it's important to remember in our context here that one of the reasons for the rise of the Zionist movements was the reality of the history of anti-Semitism in Europe decades before the Holocaust. A Jewish homeland was sought to ensure safety for Jews who had very few places, if any, of true security. Still, there are very serious questions which we as Jews have not adequately confronted concerning the formation of the state. I've had the opportunity on many occasions to speak with Palestinians who lived through what they refer to as the Nakba, the catastrophe in 1948, or whose parents and grandparents told them their stories. Those stories must be heard, and we must all recognize that the story of the creation of the State of Israel, while thrilling and uplifting to most Jews, had great negative ramifications for the Palestinian people in the land, which are still being felt. That fact must be acknowledged, but so must the reality of history. And 73 years later, Israel is a reality as a Jewish state. And unless the citizens citizens of Israel decide that it should not continue as such, I will steadfastly support Israel's right to exist and self-define in this way. I've been to Israel many times. One of my greatest joys as a rabbi has been to bring people, Jews and non-Jews, to Israel, to see the land, to connect with ancient and modern history as Jews, to experience the wonder of this relatively young nation as it inspired pride among Jews and inspired a tremendous revival of Jewish culture, Hebrew language, and connection with the land. But two aspects of my relationship with Israel need to be stated clearly, and while I know I don't speak for every American Jew, I know many would agree. First, let me say it clearly. Israel is not, quote, my country. I am an American. I have a deep connection with Israel as the homeland of my people, but I am an American and loyal first and foremost to this country in which I live. When I travel to Israel, I do not go home. Rather, I return home after my visit to the United States. My flag has 13 stripes and 50 stars, and my connection with the Israeli flag, while emotional and deep, is simply not the same. 
You can read more on my thoughts on this question in a blog posting from April 2019 on my website, robdobberson.com, called An Open Letter to President Trump. Or again, contact me and I'll send it to you. Secondly, my close relationship with Israel does not in any way imply support for or agreement with governmental decisions and policies, and certainly not with the direction that Israel has taken in the past decades. Now, I realize completely that it can be viewed as arrogant or inappropriate for Jews not living in Israel to speak about Israel's policies when we're not living there to deal with the implications of our opinions. But there are so many who live in Israel who share these thoughts, and I speak them from the heart. Many of Israel's policies trouble me deeply. I do not see them as reflecting the values which we hold as the foundation of our faith and tradition. Among these are the ongoing and deepening occupation of the West Bank and the disenfranchisement of Palestinians living there, the staggering growth of settlement activity, intimidation of Palestinians beyond legitimate security needs, and military actions which do not always live up to Israel's own stated standards of morality and ethics. These trouble me deeply, and I have spoken out and will continue to speak out against them. I don't express these opinions to ingratiate myself with anyone or to equivocate regarding my love for Israel. I express them because I believe that the future of Israel as a democratic nation is at stake. I want to take pride in an Israel not only because of its meaning for Jews throughout the world and the economic and cultural development that it has shown, but because it lives up to the values of our tradition, values expressed in Israel's Declaration of Independence to the best of its ability. I'm not naive. I'm not asking for perfection. And I absolutely recognize and respect Israel's responsibility for self-defense, a responsibility of any nation, and one which Israel in particular needs to be constantly prepared to exercise given those who loudly call for its destruction. But still, the issues that we raise must be confronted. And because I believe that concern for human rights for Palestinians living under occupation or marginalized within Israel itself is absolutely legitimate, I acknowledge that a person can hold an anti-Israel position and still not be considered anti-Semitic. And let me repeat that. Because I believe that concern for the human rights of Palestinians living under occupation or marginalized within Israel itself is absolutely legitimate, I acknowledge that a person can hold an anti-Israel position and still not be considered anti-Semitic. But when people who hold these positions take out their anger or frustration on individual Jews, they have crossed a line into clear anti-Semitism. Let me stress that Jews and lovers of the state of Israel need to hear the perspectives of those who have deep concern and anger for the plight of Palestinians. We haven't listened well enough, and we need to listen to those perspectives and take them to heart. We cannot merely dismiss them as anti-Semitic, because that is avoiding a critical issue of human rights. I would hope that anyone who speaks about the conflict between Israel and the Palestinian people would recognize that the responsibility for the conflict lies with both parties. 
It's not Israel's fault alone by any means, nor is the leadership of the Palestinian people blameless. As I would hope for all supporters of Israel, I would hope that those advocating for the Palestinian people, even if they do so in starkly anti-Israel terms, would reject all forms of terror and violence and rhetoric of destruction, no matter its source. There is no double standard here. Speaking words of violence and committing acts of terror is reprehensible no matter who is doing it. But constructive debate and discussion, and most importantly, listening to each other, is positive and is constructive. Personally, I still believe in the possibility of a two-state solution. The prospect seems dim. It's not embraced by the majority of Israelis or Palestinians. But I continue to believe it is the best way to address the conflict. It would take great compromise from both sides. It would mean tremendous sacrifice. But it still is, I believe, the best way of seeing a democratic Jewish state of Israel and a truly independent state of Palestine. Other ideas, proposals exist. They deserve to be seriously considered. But I've yet to hear of a more reasonable solution that both sides could potentially endorse. For now, though, I hope and pray for safety and security and justice for both Israel and for Palestinians. I pray for an end to discrimination against Palestinians and an end to the threats of destruction of Israel from, from Hamas and other sources in the Middle East. And while the parties in the Middle East try, God willing, to begin to talk again, I pray that we here can dedicate ourselves to talking and listening with each other and standing together against the rise of anti-Semitism and against all forms of discrimination and bigotry wherever they take place. Until next time, thank you.